1: What is up, Grizz Nation? This is Nathan Qualls. I'm not your normal host, but if you haven't been paying attention to the Grizz 901 podcast lately, that's on you. Daniel's not going to be here for a while, which some of you are probably cheering right now. Some of you, probably not so much. And the more I talk, the more of you are not so happy, but that's okay. We're going to keep going anyways. Welcome back to the Grizz Summer Series. So we're going to change it up a little bit. Obviously, Daniel not being here is going to change things, but we're going to get into some stuff today, some exciting things. We'll talk on a lot of it later on the pod about some deep dive stuff we're going to be doing, about some new team members that are going to be coming in. The team's growing. It's an exciting time in Grizz Nation here with Grizz Lead. But before I get into any of that, I want to introduce the guys who are going to be helping me limp and struggle along as I try and take over Daniel's roles here. Chris Ingram and Ian Sparks. Chris, we're going to start with you. What's going on, man?
0: Man, what's up, Nate? What's up, Grizz Nation? Um, Summer League over with, man. I'm just, you know, like we all are trying to just make it to the start of the season or preseason, I guess at this point. So, uh, but like Nate said, we got a lot coming for y'all, so definitely stay tuned.
1: Yeah, that basketball drought is always tough to get through, but... We're going to find a way to make it. We'll we'll live off the Kenny Lofton Jr. show for at least a couple of months, if that's all we've got. But, Ian, welcome to the pod, man. How you doing?
2: Doing pretty good, guys. Just glad to be back. Glad to talk to you guys. You know, I hadn't talked in a little bit. Um, definitely missing Grizzlies basketball right now, like you said. The uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. show, that's going to keep me going until the season starts. And, yeah, like Chris said, got some stuff coming out for you guys. You got some new guys joining the team really excited for them as well. And yeah, good to be back.
1: We're going to keep the new guys a secret for just a little bit longer, but we are excited to be having them join the team. And Ian actually got his wisdom teeth removed. Was that a week ago? You got him taken out.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, what's today? Wednesday. Yeah. So it was a week ago last Tuesday and, uh, you guys were seeing the uh, video of me post, uh, Post-release in the hospital, and I'm still high as a kite on whatever drugs they gave me. And man, it's a doozy. It yeah. it, it was we were talking about it a little bit earlier it is the best sleep I've ever had in my entire life. I'll be honest, right there. But uh, I said some pretty, pretty outrageous things um, that my mom was trying to get a rise out of me, and she definitely got she got something out of me. It, it was it was a funny time.
1: Yeah, we uh, we have that video, but we will not be sharing that video. That's going to stay internal. If you want to try and join the Grizzly team, just reach out to either myself or Daniel on Twitter. If you can't find us, then that's on you. But, yeah, Dan, Ian's doing pretty good, honestly, after that video I saw for a week later. Got some chubby cheeks, but, hey, clear, articulate voice, we're, we're going to be just fine. But we, if you listen to the Tuesday podcast, I believe, Uh, that came out, maybe it was a Monday podcast, Daniel sort of went solo on us to talk about his summer league reactions. And we're going to get into this in a minute, but I think that was by design because I don't think he wanted to hear what some of us had to say. I know some things I had to say with what he was saying about some of these rookies and some of the summer league stuff, but that's okay. We'll give him some love. We love Daniel, but we're also going to trash him while he's not here to defend himself for a month. And we're going to go in on them. And that's okay. If he can come back in a month and defend himself, kudos to him. That's fine. But we're going to get into some of the summer league stuff. And that's going to be the main thing we hit on in this pod, our general summer league reactions and talk about some specific players, some things that went on. But before we get into those specific players, guys, I want to talk to you about just general summer league feel. Uh, We just released an article, a roundtable, two days ago, yesterday. On some of these things, but you can go check that out at Grizzly. But here where we can have more conversation about it, I think it'll be fun to get into a little bit. So, Ian, I'm actually going to start off with you on this. After Summer League, what was your general feeling? What did you think was the most important takeaway from summer league? Was it a good feeling? Was it a bad feeling? Good takeaways, bad takeaways mainly I guess related to the team itself as we head into the regular season but what are your thoughts on all that
2: um well you know it's kind of an up and down year well summer uh you know for Memphis um obviously out of the draft there was some questions again um you know with regarding the way that the Grizzlies went about their business Um. not so much regarding the players they took uh which I still think are good picks but the summer league really showed. I mean, we knew about Zaire what he was going to do. You know, work with the ball in his hands a lot more, become a facilitator. Um, I think he had a good summer league overall. We'll talk about him a little later individually. <sighs> I don't know. Like I saw a tweet that says this roster, this team is undoubtedly worse. I know. I think Chris saw it too. Than it was last year. Um, uh, I'd have. I mean, I have to agree right now. Right now, I'd have to agree. That being said, I'm more than willing to eat crow when they are first in the West. Uh, you know, hopefully. Um, but I, I, I I'm feeling a little uneasy right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, Nate. I uh, I don't know how it's gonna go. Um, like I said, we'll get into individual players a little bit later on. But I don't know. I'm I'm a little, a little nervous.
1: So what you're saying is, don't stamp the first in the West comment.
2: Yeah, don't, 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 yeah don't no 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 don't don't say that no no not <laughs> yet at
1: least all right we'll put it in pencil not pen that's okay we'll we'll leave it there but if you're a little nervous i am a little nervous about hearing what chris is going to be saying cuz a little nervous for you and me traditionally for chris has not been uh poly positive to say the least but chris maybe you'll shock me maybe you won't but give me give me your thoughts on summer league and your takeaways after it
0: uh yeah you know I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm nervous. Um definitely not nervous because the Grizzlies are gonna do what they're gonna do. John Moran is gonna, you know, be who John Moran is. He's a superstar. You know, uh everything that comes with that, but I I'm trying to think of the word that I would use outside of nervous. Um I'm not confident. I'll say that, that that'll be the word that I would use in regards to how I feel about the team right now. Um uh, it's just the fact that, you know. If you go last year, you, you, you take the world champions to six games without your best player, which is arguably, you know, top two, three-point guards in the league, top ten player in the league. You know, if, if he's healthy and we have our whole team, that whole series, we all know we... I don't want to, you know, rehash it, but, you know, that could have went a whole lot different, and we probably looking at the first championship in Memphis Grizzlies history. You just never know. But to go and you lose two of the players that made your team a top defense in the league. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of effects of that. I, I just really do. You know, I'm, I'm not confident, you know, going back to the word that I want to use and um, us being able to play the same up and down style that we played last year, if we can't get stops like we did last year. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the guys that we got in, but at the same time, if we are just going to be realistic, that tweet, it's true. Like I know a lot of Grizzly fans for whatever reason, we got this di- imaginary divide to where if you criticize or you don't agree or you question, you know, something that's going on with the team, they call you a hater or they call you or whatever. And then you got this, this other side to where no matter what they do is just ultimately positive. Like they can do no wrong. Like it's, we meet in the middle to where somewhere we write both sides, but, um, you know, it, you're not, a, you know, a hater of the team or not a fan of the team just because you have an opinion that doesn't align with what they're doing right now. And like I said, it's not a lot of people that's a bigger Grizz fan than 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 myself. I mean, we wouldn't be doing what we do if we weren't Grizzly fans. I'm just, let's be honest. But um, I think it was just moves around the margins that we could have made, even if it's not big, splashy things. But we'll see. The summer's not over. Um, you know, Summer League has some promising things that we saw. I'm definitely excited for my boy, Big Junior, Uh, you know, seeing what he's going to do in training camp. But uh, outside of that, man, like I said, just not confident and where the direction that I – I'm not confident as I was at the end of the season. I'll just say that going into next year. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, Chris, I think I'm actually pretty well aligned with you in that I'm not nervous. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be a play-in slash – Outside the playoffs type team this year, but I'm also, you, they're obviously not as good as they were to at least start off this year. And I think what they did in this draft was they traded out known commodities for higher potential, right? There's no question that taking not necessarily the Anthony Melton, unless you're a big believer that playoff Melton is always going to be bad, which I'm personally not. I mean, We got a decent sample size, but he could also be awesome for the Sixers this year, and it wouldn't surprise me, even the slightest in the playoffs. But Kyle Anderson, while he was awesome and he did amazing things for his team, was integral to this team, was not the ideal fit for what they want to do. And both Jake LaRavia and David Roddy can step in and be better fits. Now, will they do that right away? The answer is no. Absolutely. I would be shocked, and I'm a big fan of both those guys, especially Roddy. But by the end of the season, if one of those guys steps in and ends up being awesome and can hit those corner threes and can defend one through four and can facilitate like Kyle did, that also wouldn't shock me either with the way the Grizzlies have been able to develop players these past few years. So they traded in a known ceiling for a potential ceiling, understanding that could hurt them at the beginning of the year. But I think one of the biggest things that's affecting Grizzlies fans isn't even from summer league. It's the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr. is out indefinitely once again. And we've all got these scars as Grizzlies fans. We've had the Chandler Parsons experience. We've had the Justice Winslow experience. And the Jaron Jackson Jr. experience, while we all love him and we all think he's a huge part of this team, no matter what any of us are saying in the moment, deep down we all believe he's an integral part of this team. The fact is he's been injured most of his time here and he finally had one healthy season, got hurt again. The last time he had a major injury, it took him forever to come back. It's a hundred percent understandable for Grizzlies fans to think he's going to be out on the long side of that four to six months, right? Like why would any of us lean otherwise based off what's happened before? Now he could come back in four months. It's awesome. But all that to say, I think that is weighing on Grizzlies fans more than anything else. Cause if you still have Jaren Jackson jr. With a full off season, coming back in healthy to start the season losing kyle anderson the anthony melton doesn't hit nearly as hard but the fact that he is going to be out for at least a little bit of the season makes that hurt more right that's that's part of it now summer league in general didn't really help ease those concerns i think we had the Zaire stuff that we'll talk about in a second that was good to see that will definitely help them in my opinion but there's some other stuff that definitely left me wanting more and not thinking those guys are going to be as ready to step in as I hope they would be to an extent. But with that, I think we can go ahead and hop into these guys unless, I don't know. Are are we on the same page? Do we have anything else to say? Chris, I can't tell if you're raising your hand or if you're frozen. Okay. Got him now. Got him now. (laughs) There we go. What you
0: got? I wanted to pose a question y'all just real quick before we hop into the next segment. Um, and it's kind of to piggyback on what we were just talking about, do y'all feel like the holes that we may or may not have had, I'm just going to say that we did see that we had in the playoffs, do you feel like we addressed those holes this offseason?
1: Ian, you look like you got some thoughts, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I want to say yes. Like, I really want to say we did. In the long term, I think so, yeah. As of right now, like you said, will they be able to do it, like, next season? I mean, Chris, I'm not confident in that. Not yet, at least. Now, I could be wrong, like I said, but I I think maybe in the long term we, we could be in the money there, but I'm not expecting, as much as I need to say this, I'm not expecting LaRavia to score 15 points a game off the bench. I mean, that's a, very, that's, that's a lot to put on a rookie especially, you know, come off the bench. But I've, I'm not too confident that – let me let, let me say it like this. If we were to play the Warriors in next year's playoffs, I still think that we would struggle a little bit. I'll say it that way. Well, maybe – well, let me rephrase that. If we had – you know, obviously we had Jaw and everything, different story. But same exact situation, I think we struggle, a lot, you know, a good bit more actually, you know, without count stuff.
1: My opinion is that by the end of the regular season, the answer will be yes. LaRavia is going to be fine. And we're going to get into some LaRavia stuff, and I'm not all sunshine and rainbows about LaRavia, but I also believe by the end of the regular season, LaRavia is going to be fine. I think David Roddy can plug and play right now. I think David Roddy is right, right on the fringes of the rotation, and I bet he's in there early in the season, if not by the beginning. But by the end of the regular season, those guys are going to have a feel for the game, find the group. They're not going to be asked to do very much. And so they're going to be okay. When you get to the playoffs, it's a whole nother animal. Rookies don't usually do much in the playoffs. It's just part of it, right? And so that's going to be a whole nother animal. But relax. There is still free agency. The offseason is still going on. We can still make moves. Once Kevin Durant, Once that is settled, a lot of stuff's going to happen. A lot of stuff's going to happen. Not all a bunch of big moves. All the big moves have pretty much been made outside of the Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant sweepstakes, which by the way, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies fans, we should not want Donovan Mitchell. The price is not going to be worth the reward with what we're with, how this team is built. So let me throw that out there at me on Twitter, if you can find me, but, after all that settled, there's going to be stuff that still happens, right? Those fringe moves. Now, unless they're all like Jermichael Green and they, I just want to sign for the Warriors and ring chase. That's part of it. Right. But that's going to be what it's going to be. But that's, that's my response to all that. But before with all that, I want to make sure we keep it moving. I know Daniel loves to get on me for how long I take these podcasts. Cause I could talk about this for hours and I do, but we need to get a little bit of a move on. So let's go hop into these player reactions. So, We're going to hit on a few guys first and we'll keep it short. We'll talk about them a little bit more in future pods as part of it, but also they're sort of known commodities and there's not a ton to talk about with Zaire Williams, Xavier Tillman, and Santa Claus Aldama. So let's start off with Zaire. I think we all have sort of the same things going on with Zaire. We're all in that place where we're impressed, not thoroughly impressed, but we like what we saw out of them. But Chris, I'm going to send it to you first. What were your overall thoughts with Zaire to sort of some quick hitters on his summer league performance?
0: Oh, I was – I wasn't, like, blown away, but it was some things that I was encouraged about coming out of summer league with him. Uh, you know, big thing with him for me has always been his just ability to keep on continually improving his ability to create his own shot, whether it be, you know, catching – Let's take, you know, anywhere from two to five dribbles, getting a spot, take the shot. Cause you taller than a lot of people on the court, you know, uh, wingspan is longer than a lot of people on the court. Like you're going to be able to get your shot off. It's just about getting to the spot to take the shot uh, and being creative in that. And so um, I saw, I saw a lot of that, you know, towards maybe the last three or four games that he played. Um, well, I guess he skipped a few. I'd say the last three games he played. Um, where he was just getting to his shot. It looked a lot smoother. It wasn't bouncing off maybe the back of the rim or like it was clean shots going straight through the net. That's what I like to see from him. Um, As far as like the creation and the ball handling and, you know, playing point. um, I said it on uh, the starting five podcast with my guys over there. Like it's cool to go ahead and add that to this toolbox, if he can improve on that. But at the same time, like, we got Ja, we got ties back for another two years minimum. Um, and Dez, I'm pretty sure he's working on that a lot to improve on, on the season he had last year as well. Like, you only, you can only have so many creators on the floor at the same time. So, you know, my biggest hole, the reason why I kind of touched on that question with y'all just a minute ago, was, you know, shot creation is a big thing for us. We need that. And if Zaire just hones on that skill uh, coming out of summer, summer league, going into the next season, then, like I said, I'm encouraged from what I saw from him.
1: Oh, man, I'll be writing about Zaire later in the summer. Shot creation is going to be a big thing there because exactly what you said we need on that team. There's also a certain someone Chris isn't a huge fan of that can have some shot creation, but we won't get into that today. It's uh, it's not relevant. We'll save that for a rainy day when I get to have my heyday with Chris. But Ian, what what are your thoughts on Zaire after watching him in summer league?
2: Uh, yeah, um I think he got better at what he needed to get better at. Um. Like Chris said, I wasn't incredibly – like, he didn't have an amazing summer league, you know. But he had a good summer He did what he thought we we thought he would do. You know, I think a lot of the – a lot of – well, I won't say a lot. Some Chris fans get caught up. It was like, oh, uh, well, he didn't take the uh, – like, the same league that Bain's going to take. Or he won't. I'm like, that's kind of harsh to put on him. Because, I mean, he took almost an unnatural leap, right? Um, you, know, you won't see that in a lot of players, no matter who they are. Uh, as far as his game goes, um, yes, his shot creation, he, he did work on that a good bit and, you know, he made some nice passes here and there. He created some offense, but mainly his shot creation for him is what he really needs to focus on. That, that, you know, that was a big part of the summer. Um, yeah, no, I was impressed by him. Like, you know, not blown away, but I was pretty happy with what I saw from over the summer.
1: Yeah. And I think we're all on the same page that the bane leap, Nobody can see us other than us, but we were all, Chris and I were nodding heftily in agreement. That was just freaky what he did. I mean, he was uh, definitely had better numbers than all-star starter Andrew Wiggins. We won't get into that part today, but he was awesome last year, right? That was freaky, but I think some people forget that some of the stuff that happened with Bain was he saw what he was bad at in Summer League, right? He, was, he ran the point in Summer League, but we forget he was not good at running the point in Summer League. He was still cracking the hardwood as hard as he was dribbling with those boulder boulder arms he has going on but he improved on that after summer league he worked on it in the offseason did it in live action and then took it and honed it after he saw what happened in live action and the same thing can happen with Zaire because overall the things that Zaire is going to improve at are going to be different than what Bain improved at right Bain improved that pull up deep mid-range jumper and it just knocking down threes with splits a split second to get that shot off that's what he improved on that's not Zaire Zaire is going to be the shot creator I can shoot over anybody and he looked leaps and bounds more comfortable doing that in summary just like you were saying Chris I loved how he used his body to get down low in that short mid-range and then he just shot over a guy and it was a layup right I mean it was Obviously, not Kevin Durant. We've already talked about it. He's not going to be the Kevin Durant pull-up from the mid-range. But it was Kevin Durant asking, you are too small. You cannot block this shot. And that's what he's going to get better at. I thought his vision was way better. The passes he was making were awesome. You um, try to do a little too much, but that's what you do in summer. Like you try and do a little too much and see where your limits are. And the ball handling could still improve because there was a flash in that maybe next to last game in summer league where he was dribbling in between guys. It looked really good. Like he was really comfortable with the ball in his hands. And then the next game is sort of reverted back to that, but that could be something he improved upon. So yes, to expect that Desmond Bain leap is unfair, but there's a chance. There's a chance it still happens, right? Chris, what you got?
0: You said as you were talking, it just, I had a, a thought and I just wanted to make sure I got it out of my head. Um in regards to Zaire and and I'm big on this with Jaron too. Um and I p- please listeners, do not take this the wrong way and go on Twitter and and, and misquote what I'm about to say because I know how y'all can be. But y'all remember Kobe Bryant when he came to league, right? Okay. Dude, I know, I know. Just just put your seatbelt on real quick. Uh, he was a skilled guy, you know, but his rookie season wasn't the greatest. But he won those championships with Shaq. You know, they did what they did. But it wasn't until he got into a point in his career where he finally just got pissed off, right? He just got he, he got pissed off for greatness. All this stuff was going on, and that's when the Mamba mentality ended up, you know, becoming a thing, right? I'm not saying that Zaire and Jeremy, to get Mamba mentality. I'm not saying that. But what they do need is for one, up here, the thing between the ears. They got to get not only the confidence, but just that, like, bro, I'm one of the best people in the world that playing this game, and I believe that. And I think we're going to see both of their games take a jump, take a leap that it needs to take, because they got the tools. Like, it's almost scary, the athletic ability, the skills they have for the size. Like, those two dudes can be great, man, but it's going to always start in between the ears with them, you know, in, in their own head, the confidence thing. So – like, I'm glad to see him work on skills, but I want Zaire, like, to, you know, when he come back, if it's not this year, maybe the year after that, like, bro, know you a killer. Like, go put in the work, but then, two, know when you get on that floor, can't nobody stop me. And I think that's going to take his game to an even another level than where it's going to be just based off what he works on this, you know, this offseason.
1: Well, I think he could find that. I think he may have already found that to an extent. I mean, his jump at the end of last year was something. And I think that's going to carry over, but we'll talk about some killers later on in the pod too, but I love it. Bringing up Kobe Bryant. I'm sitting there. Where are we going, Chris? Where are we going with this man? But no, listen, we we talked about some of the comparisons to what's like Kobe. What's like Durant while still making sure they're not Kobe, not Durant in that uh, round table, right? Shameless plug. Go check us out at grizzly.com. But is, uh, there's definitely some stuff there with that, and I'm, I'm with you. And my, my prediction, and I'm going to hold on to this, well, I'm sure I have another pod, but is that the Grizzlies have an up-and-down season that's really rocky and then make a run to at least the West Finals when they put it all together at the end of the year and Jaren's back. I, I don't. It's hard for me to not see a situation once that plays out unless all of the rookies suck, and we make zero more moves between now and the end of the 20 to 2023 season. That's just me. That's just me. I think it's going to be a rocky season. They put it together and make a run to the West finals. But we can, unlike Ian's first in the Western Conference statement, stamp that. You can put that in ink. That is my prediction. Moving along. Gosh, guys, you can't let me get derailed like that. You already know I'm bad at this. You can't keep kicking me off of that. We're going to move to everybody's favorite Spartan. At least I would say they're our favorite Spartan. Xavier Tillman. Now, we're not going to talk about him a long time because, honestly, there's just not a lot to talk about, in my opinion. Not much changed for me with X. He was solid. He's always been solid. He was solid his rookie year. He was solid when he got minutes last year. He'll be solid if he gets minutes this year. But just nothing that's going to wow you and nothing that makes me think he will stay with the Grizzlies long term. I'm, I'm 100% aligned with Daniel on that. He's an NBA rotation piece, can have a long career, it's not gonna be a Memphis because he can just do more and get paid more somewhere else unless he just loves it here so much that he wants to stay. But uh Ian, I'll throw it to you real quick. Thoughts on Tillman after Summer League. Anything stand out to you or is it just more more of the same with X?
2: Uh more of the same. I mean, he did what X does, right? I mean, he rebounded the ball, shot it well from close range. I mean, got a haircut. I mean that that's something new. Something new with him. Um, uh, but no, I mean I it's not like you said not much to talk about and i mean he like you said he was solid did well didn't wow you but i mean you couldn't really see any like steps he made in developing his game or anything like that
1: um yeah just about the same old x chris outside the haircut anything for you i think we're all gonna be sort of the same on this yeah
0: yeah, like you said, he's going to have a long career in the NBA because, I mean, he does a lot of things well. It just, you know, if 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 Brandon Clark is here long-term, which, you know, if you asked me last year, I would say 100% he's here long-term. We ain't heard nothing about the extension, so I don't know. But um, if he's here long-term, I just don't see a spot for, for Xavier, you know, unless, again, he just wants to be, you know, that, that emergency guy, 13, you know, maybe 12, 13, Man on the rotation, but, yeah, he he did what he's supposed to do. I ain't mad at him. Happy, you know, came and worked on his game. Yep, love him.
1: Hope he stays around. I think the best thing for him will probably be to go sign somewhere else when he gets a chance. Now we're going to move on to Santa Claus Aldama, which Chris hates that I'm calling him Santa Claus Aldama. But you got to remember, I'm a 28-year-old white dude, getting real close to my 30s. I got back pain. I got a glass of – uh adult beverage right here, trying to help deal with that back pain. And I just moved to Utah, which is the honkiest of honky places on earth. And so that's the kind of joke that is going to come out of my mouth. But also dude was delivering gifts at the end of summer league. Like he was Santa Claus. I, (laughs) I was not nice to Santi Aldama at the beginning of summer league. Dang. I even got myself, couldn't hold it together. I was not kind to Santi Aldama at the beginning of summer league. I came on this podcast and said there is zero, zero about Santi Aldama that looks like an NBA player. And what does he do? He comes out the next game and drops 30 something points, hands down, far and away the best player on the court. And then comes out the next game and is the best player on the court again. Now the last game, calm down, nothing too crazy but I'll be the first to say that I overreacted to the poor performances from Santee Aldama. But when it came to the good performances, I was super encouraged, but not overreacting. Now, Chris is over here trying to gather himself, so I'm not going to throw it to him. I don't want to hear his thoughts yet, but Ian, I want to get your thoughts on Santi Aldama, because I think this is something that's actually worth talking about. We'll talk about it more later on. So I don't want to talk on too long, but Personally, I saw things out of Santy in the summer league. I was like, that's a guy who can be an NBA rotation player. He's not yet, but he can be. But what are your thoughts on Santy after his performances in summer league?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, like you said, he had those two really good games toward the tail end. Um, you also said that at the beginning of the summer league, you were like, there's no way. Um, even after those two games, I'm still need a little bit more convincing. But you know, in those two games, he did show qualities that could very well help the Grizzlies as a team. Um, he started using his body really well down low. Started hitting some of the outside shots that you know he we saw you know when he was getting drafted in his film. Um, I mean, he he got the size there. Uh, he could step in, and you know, we said that Brandon Clark stage. I don't see X stand. if Aldama plays like he did in a, in a decent role uh, role position. I don't see Tillman staying at all. To be honest with you because um, he did show some real, you know, really good attributes. But, like I said, I'm going to need to see him do it a little bit more consistently. I mean, obviously, he's not going to come out opening night against whoever and drop 31 like he did in that you know, one summer league. And that'd be great. That'd be so dope. I will love that so much. Um, but, you know, because he will get some minutes early on in the season, I think, obviously due to Jaron being out. Um, so that's a good time. Like a good trial run for him, I guess. Like you said, it's going to be a little rocky at first. So why not, you know, give him give him a run out and see what he can do. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely something to, to be watching. I do think maybe after this year, if he doesn't show you something, start exploring some options for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was encouraged by his you know final couple of games there.
1: Chris? Can you breathe? <laughs> are, are you all right, man? I got to hear whatever I did to set you off like that. I'm trying to start a career in stand-up. This is what happens when Daniel leaves. It, it gets completely derailed. We go too long. But we have a little bit of personality. We have some fun on here, right? Uh, but, Chris, if you're able to breathe, I would love to get your thoughts on this. If you can't breathe, that's okay. Just blink twice and we can we can move along.
0: Man, you just, you just opened up some wounds that, that- – that a lot of them Twitter reactions after Santi had those two games, bro. Like Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Listen, not
1: overreacting, appropriately reacting.
0: Oh my God, man. Like, y'all, let's just cut it out. Santi Aldama. Look, bro, I'm I'm glad you had those two summer league games. Then probably the best two games you probably played in your whole life. Everywhere you probably the best games you you, you will play in your life, you know. May not get too much better than that. But let's just stop, y'all. Like Nate, your your original summer league, you know, thoughts, they were not wrong. He's he's not a rotational NBA player. I know. He he had 31, he had 27. I get it, but like let's just cut it out, y'all. Like <laughs> I remember it was one, it was one guy that said. He basically was on Twitter after the Summer League, and he was saying that, and I'm sorry, I'm laughing y'all. I'm trying to get back serious, but he was saying that basically Santi, he trusts Santi on the court more than he does Jared Jackson Jr. And I was like, bro, like these overreactions are crazy off of a Summer League game that a guy that he does not do anything well on the court. That's my only thing about Santi. He doesn't do anything well. Like when you point at all the players on our team, right? You could point out, okay, this guy, he does this really, really well. He's great at this. This guy is great at this. Oh, John Moran, he's great at almost everything on the basketball floor. You know what I'm saying? But when you look at Santy, like, like, for real, y'all, let's just, let's tell me, what does he do well on the basketball court? Like, please tell me. Nate, please jump in right now.
1: Well, first off, anyone saying they trust Santel Adonimo more than Sharon Jackson Jr., as, as the children would say, big cap. Big cap. Big cap. There's zero chance Chris texted me about that. And I was like, there's no way someone unironically said this, right? There's no chance, but sure enough, someone unironically said that, but Chris, I'm going to disagree with you, man. I, again, I don't want to get into this too much. We're going to have a whole nother podcast and all Santa Claus on Monday, but I I, I did see things. I said, this guy can be an NBA player at the end of summer league. Am I saying he's there? Am I saying he's there being it? Chris being a 7-footer that can knock down threes and actually use your body well.
0: We put that th- that is what
1: NBA players do. Listen, put- I listen, I I know how bad he's been. And I'm not saying he is going to be that. But if you can do that, if you can do what he did in summer league on an NBA court, then you're going to make it. He is never going to be an NBA star. He's never going to be an NBA all-star. He may never even be able to be an NBA starter. I don't see him being an NBA starter, but tell me he can't be a number nine or 10 on a bench. I could see him being a nine and 10 on the bench. He's not there. He is far from being there, but could he be? Sure. I was encouraged by what I saw. We can agree to disagree, but, what I saw was a guy who is a seven-footer who can knock down shots, who's using his body in the paint, and the game slowed down for him enough where I'm like, okay, there's development. Now, there's a lot more development that has to happen for him to make it there, but there's a chance. Now, that's it. We're done. We can talk much more about Santi on Monday. No, 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 no. One last thing. You get three Probably. sentences.
0: Three. Not even that. We need to attach to this tweet when we drop this podcast. The three-point percentage comparison between Santi Aldama and Marco Guterich. I would love to see that.
1: We'll drop it with Mondays. We'll That's drop good. it with Mondays. Moving along. All right, we're we're going way too far over. Daniel's going to kill me. Take me off. You're going to come back from a sabbatical. We're not going to do that. We'll talk about Vince Williams Jr. real quick. Actually. We really won't – there just wasn't enough to see from Vince Williams Jr., honestly, in summer league. I think that he is an exciting prospect, personally, for the Grizzlies. I think he can go down to South Haven and develop. I said, I think on the last pod, upside for him is like a Cam Johnson-type player, which I think we can all agree if Cam Johnson played for the Grizzlies, we'd be really happy. But Vince Williams Jr. is, I mean, two years away from being that, realistically, if he ever reaches that. Do we have anything else we want to add to that, or we good to go ahead and move on?
2: Yeah, I won't lie. I'd, I'd go watch him in South Haven, you know, a few minutes down the road from me. I'd go see what he's got.
1: Yeah, I if it wasn't a $500 plane ticket, I'd go see him in South Haven too. But That's Yeah, true. Sure.
2: I mean, you know. I think it's interesting. Like you said, I mean, there's not – I don't think if they were to keep him around, it wouldn't be for what he showed offensively. I mean, I think him in that first game, along with LaRavia, who we'll get to maybe – I think he's the next. Is LaRavia next?
1: Nope, is not next. Well,
2: well, later on in the podcast, um, I think they both – shot it pretty well the first game right if I'm not if I'm not mistaken but after that it didn't really do a whole lot either one of them um he played pretty good defense usually he was on the best wing score you know on who for who was on you know other than the other side um but yeah I think he'll be uh spending a lot of time in the uh, red and gray of the Memphis hustle
1: (laughs) for sure Chris are you going from poly positive to negative Nelly real quick is that what's happening seems like it's what's happening
0: Nah, man, I'm still having to fan myself off with Santa. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with him. You know, I don't think he's going to tr- contribute a lot this year. But, um, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm happy what he can do in South Haven. If he can edge out a spot, you know, on the squad in a couple of years, then I'm all for it. Yeah, and that's all
1: you wanted to see out of him in Summer League was the potential, right? And he showed the potential for something. But he's not going to be at any time. saying I mean, South Haven's going to be a lot of fun this year. Actually, it's going to be a ton of fun. Hey, before we move on, Grizz901 listeners, if you want to go spam Chris about how he's negative about old Santy Aldama here, his Twitter handle is at crimman underscore. If you can't figure out how to spell it, that's on you. But at crimman underscore, go find him, spam him, tell him how much Santy's going to be awesome for the Grizzlies in the near to not so near future. But moving on to another reason South Haven is going to be so much fun this year, a guy that I know ian sparks is extremely fond of is one mr kennedy chandler now ian i'm gonna throw this to you because we saw some good stuff out of kennedy i don't think anyone doubts the potential but you see it you can envision what kennedy chandler is gonna be you can see his heights give us your thoughts on kennedy chandler
2: oh yeah i think he had you know out of the whole squad he had one of the better summer leagues
1: um out of everybody
2: else in the squad um, in our draft podcast, I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, projected the Grizzlies to pick him with our second first-round pick at 29. We need to get him, get him in the second round, which I think is pretty good value for what you're getting there. Uh, I know Daniel loves his game as well. Um, I don't know. He brings you a lot of energy on defense. He's very, very quick. One of the fastest players on the team, I think, now. Um, obviously, he can get up. Really good friends with Jaw. I think if I'm not mistaken, he heard about the like, Grizzlies really taking him from job maybe because I think he had his watch party, or his draft party in Memphis. Obviously, it's where he's from. Um, it'd be cool to have him there. I think I wasn't nervous, but I was I wasn't really confident in him being the backup point guard his first year, but I wasn't like really afraid. I, I figured he could do a job um, if we weren't to sign ties, which we did. Um, I don't know. I think he could definitely make a name for himself. You know, should Tyus choose to leave in a couple of years' time when this in- extension's over? um, I think he will get some spot minutes in the season, C- you know, this year as well, maybe early on. Uh, we'll see him a good bit of him in South Haven myself, especially. You know, I haven't gotten to a lot of hustle games, but, you know, now it's going to be really exciting with uh, old Junior, Kennedy Chandler, and uh, maybe some Santa down there, Sandy Claus down there. But well, it'll be definitely some fun to go see him. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, Besides Junior, Roddy, and I'll even throw in Laravia, he's one, he's one of the ones I'm most excited about. So it might just be a hometown bias, but it is what it is. No,
0: I
1: think long-term we're all excited about Kennedy Chandler. I think we all see what he could be down the road. I think we are as far from him being at that point as we are from Vince Williams, Jr., possibly being at that point though, where it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of development for Kennedy Chandler, in my opinion, Chris, what are your thoughts on Chandler?
0: Um, He, he definitely, um, I love his energy, uh, especially defensively. Uh, he's just small, man. Like he's going to have to really work on that three, uh, that three ball this, this off season, because getting into the lane, you know, past guys, he's quick. He's got a quick first step and he's quick, like, straight line speed. I haven't seen a lot, like, quickness, like, side-to-side, side, uh, like, campaign. Like, that dude right there, he can get from side-to-side, side, like, you know, snap of a finger. But, um, you know, if, if Kennedy can work on that, just working on ways to kind of get open, get space, that'll help him out a lot. But, like I said, Man is working on his three-point shot, uh, you know, continuing to bring it on the defensive end like he's been doing. And, uh, you know, I think he'll be able to itch out a role where, you know, kind of like – Golden State has had, you know, quality guys behind Steph. Maybe not guys that you're gonna spend a whole lot of money on, like a Quinn Cook or Ian Clark. You know, shout out to him being from the hometown Memphis. Um, and then I think who's the other guy they they had recently? Can't remember. But anyway, you know, just having him as a, in that role to where it's not a person we're gonna spend a lot of money on, but he's gonna bring intensity and a, just a, a excitement to the game. Um, I'm happy to have him for that. But like I said, he's just got a few things that I think he's going to have to work on being that small. But, you know, I'm rooting for the guy. You know, anybody from our city, man, I'm rooting for him.
1: Absolutely. And you're exactly right. The the athleticism, the quickness, all that's already there for Chandler. If he develops a three-point shot, really just a reliable jump shot in general, and a floater, he's going to be awesome. If he gets those two things, so the rest is already there, right? The game's going to slow down for him. He's got all the ball skills. He's got the passing skills. He's got the vision. The quickness you can't teach that he's got, the explosiveness, he just has to have some skills with the shot. Once he gets that and he can space the floor a little bit more and defenses can't just crash on him when he goes to the paint, he's going to be good to go. Moving on to my personal favorite pick out of this year's draft, one Mr. David Big Body Roddy, which I've seen Rowdy Roddy going around, but to be honest, I like the Big Body Roddy. I'm, I'm feeling that. That's what I'm going to stay on. Unless he personally tells me different, in which case that's fine. But David Roddy, if this gets to you, this is the David Roddy fan club. You've made me a draft expert. I appreciate you for that. And I'm riding with you all the way, but now I'm going to get a bit of a soapbox here. Sorry. Our own Daniel Greer still cannot see I'm doing air quotes it with David Roddy, which is fair. We need to say when you can see it, that's something. John Morant has it. Michael Jordan had it. Kobe Bryant had it. I may have left someone out on purpose. David Roddy's not going to have that it. David Roddy's not going to have that it. But what David Roddy does have is that dog in him. David Roddy has that. And I think we saw him get unleashed at the end of Summer League. Somebody told him, dude, dude, Go be David Roddy. And he went and was David Roddy. And I want to get your guys' perspective on this because after talking with Daniel, I thought I might be taking crazy pills. But I thought David Roddy had a super high motor, nose for the ball, was with a big frame, but not a tall frame, going and getting rebounds down low with some of the big dogs. He knocked down some corner threes. He was able to get off some shots. He has way more explosiveness than I thought he had better vision than I thought he had. I love David Roddy. I could see him plugging and playing right now. Now, is he going to be able to knock down wing threes, top of the key threes? Is he going to hit a bunch of jump shots? No, not yet. But everything else, I thought he was awesome at. I mean, really outside of Lofton, which Lofton honestly was a star of because he's an undrafted rookie, right? That gets you bonus points. Now, what Lofton did, we'll get to this in a little bit, was awesome. But Roddy killed it. I could see Roddy plugging and playing right now. Am I on crazy pills? Or are y'all with Daniel? Are y'all with Daniel? All right. I'm going to throw it to you first, Chris, because I I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. This is the part where we're going to just bury Mr. Greer. What do you think about David Roddy? He's as awesome as I think, right?
0: We all know it's, it's well documented. It was it, It's still funny and hilarious to me how – the draft went because a week before we record the podcast Nate he you know he he picks David Roddy I don't know where he watched film or what I don't I don't know but he says David Roddy's name he gets on my radar the trade happens and in the group text it's documented I text I said watch us go get David Roddy because I just it was just funny to me but um you know, like you said in the in our in our roundtable piece, I said you know he had to me of the rookies that we drafted. He had the best overall summer league. Um, you know, junior is a different story, but uh, as far as the ones that we drafted, he looks like when they like you said when they hit the switch on him and say, "Hey, bro, stop all this humble stuff. Stop all this trying to fit in. Stop all this trying to be a team player. Like go out there, be a dog, be who you are," and uh, you can see it in his game. Now, granted, the first couple games, like I think he played okay. It's just the fact that his shot wasn't falling, it made it look worse than what it probably was. But if that shot falling, I mean, I it's making the pick of him at 23 a lot better for me personally, because I ain't gonna lie. Draft night, I was like, bro, y'all could have got him at 38 where you got Kennedy at. But looking back on it now, I think he's gonna be, again, going back to confidence and going back to you know, having that dog and having confidence. I think he's going to be the most prepared to step in like Jake. I love that guy. I think he's going to be, you know, good down the road, but I think they said something like he took maybe, and I know I'm getting ahead, but he took like 15 shots the whole summer league. Like, no, Roddy, I think he took maybe 15 shots within two, three games. If, if not, you know, if maybe one game, I think he took 15 shots. So uh, I do think you got a tight, Nate, light-skinned buff guys with curly hair. I ain't going to speak on the other guys that's on the team. Oh, I will. Uh, But I I do think that, you know, we all talked about Zaire maybe being his replacement. But when you look at Roddy, bro, I mean, I think down the line we talk about Junior maybe being able to be that four man, you know, uh, playing next to Jaron later on. But it could be Roddy because he is he has some P.J. Tucker, but he's a lot more skilled than P.J. Tucker. He can create. uh, He can do a lot more. And I mean, you know, going into the playoffs, he could be the guy that we put on the uh, the team's best player defensively. So uh, I'm excited to see what he got.
1: Yeah, the shot thing, I think is huge. I think that was the biggest thing in the first couple of games. I mean, I'd say hot take other than Grizz Twitter has been so reactionary since we got good that I don't think this is a hot take. David Roddy hits that three to put them ahead against whoever it was. They played San Antonio in that last game. No one's worried about it. They're like, oh, we got David Roddy going into the season. Why would we feel bad? That guy's going to plug and play right away. Why are we worried? We're not worried about Melton or Anderson, right? Completely different attitude on Grizz Twitter. But I'm going to get off my soapbox before I actually get on it. Ian. You can say bad things about David Rowdy, but if you do, we're not talking about anyone else the rest of the pod. So what you got to say okay, about well, David Rowdy?
2: I, I, I will uh, steer, steer clear of that then. I want to talk about some more people. Um, no, uh, I'm with you. I agree. I think he's definitely going to be one of those guys who will contribute a lot You know, for us us this season. Um, one thing about him, though, you know, you call him big body. He moves really well for a guy like that. Like, he's really quick. Obviously, you know, he's very athletic as well, but he's really, he's deceivingly or deceptively quick, you know, for a guy that size. Uh, Obviously, you know, going back to the confidence thing with his shot, he starts making that shot, you know, a little more consistently, starts falling a lot more, opens up for him to take guys off the dribble, which he's pretty good at, if we're being honest. Um, Even Daniel can deny that. He is pretty good at taking, you know, guys off the dribble. Um, Good defender. I didn't really see too many stupid fouls from him over the summer league. Because, um, you know, they get – how many – they get, like, 10 fouls in the summer league? Too many. Too many. Yeah, way too many. Um, I didn't I didn't see any stupid fouls. I might have missed a couple, um, which is something that – as much as I love him, Jaren, uh, you know, he's gotten better at, but, you know, he did a lot early on in his career. Um, yeah, I mean, he's out of the – I think Chris said this, out of the rookies that we drafted, he, he had the best summer league. I have to agree. Um, at the beginning of the summer league, I thought LeRabia had to light it up because he had that really good first game. Then, you know, he didn't do so well because um, he, he didn't take a lot of shots, you know, over the course of the summer. Um, that made change, you know, in training camp or early on in the season. Um, but Ronnie, uh, yeah, no, there's, there was that one dunk toward the end of the summer league. I was like, oh, wow. No, dude, he, he got up for that. I was like, okay, this guy is legit. He's serious. Um, I don't think I think we'll be seeing a good a good, you know, a lot of minutes from him early on in the season. You know, like the same thing with Santee. I think we'll probably see more of Roddy than Santee, which I'm OK with, to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was impressed with him. Uh, I didn't see any, any reason not to be. Uh, I mean, obviously, he had some games where he didn't shoot it very well, but everybody did at Summer League. You know, that's not really a huge part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see him. Coming in day one, you know, playing a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely on your side I don't know, I don't know what Daniel's problem is with old David Roddy. I think maybe uh he got one over on him and he's uh still a little sour about it, maybe just a little bit. Uh no, but yeah, I'm excited about him. Probably I'm excited about him. I wouldn't say the most out of everybody that's some, you know, Zaire obviously, but out of the rookies, I'm probably the most excited about him.
1: Yeah, you know, Daniel, we love you. Enjoy your sabbatical. While you're gone, this will become the official David Roddy fan club. And that's just going to happen. It's okay. We're all wrong sometimes. But moving on, this is a guy that I think we are probably all on the same page about, but it's, it's definitely become a polarizing part of Grizz Twitter from what I've seen. And that is Jake Laravia, who understandably is a little bit polarizing right now for Grizz fans because we traded up to get him which ultimately ended up in us trading Melton away to make sure we go got Roddy. He didn't show a ton. I think we had a really hot start with Jake, at which point we were like, oh, that's awesome. And Salt Lake personally, I was there to see him have that just, I mean, scoring fest in Salt Lake. It was awesome to watch. And then he took about two shots a game the rest of summer league. So I, I think it's pretty simple, so I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time on it. But I want to get you guys – your guys' thoughts. I'm really interested to see. I think that you can land on a lot of different places on Jake LaRavia. Chris, I'm going to throw it to you first again because I know you've thought about this quite a bit from the stuff I've seen on, on your Twitter feed. What do you think about Jake LaRavia after Summer League? And, I mean, where do you land on a guy
0: that sort of can be all over the place depending on what you saw? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you draft him because he – he's – Well, he's skilled at a lot of different things. And I know we get a lot of guys that's like that, like, oh, he can do everything. But, like, he's one of those guys that on a championship team, you're comfortable with him being out on the court because, you know, he's not going to mess it up. But one thing that was interesting to me when I was listening to Chris Vernon the other day, he was like – he was sitting there watching the game when they was in Vegas, and he said to his son, uh, man, I wish uh, we could see Jake LaRavia play. And his son pointed out – he said – he's out there he's playing today and he's like dang I didn't even notice like and it wasn't so that it, it wasn't more so that like he wasn't you know playing well it's just he wasn't even getting the ball and so like that's really again you got your your core in Jaron Ja and, and Desmond Bain so it's like you know he, he needs to just fill a role of maybe shooting threes making the right pass playing some decent defense I get all that but It's just the the fact that we need you to be a little bit more aggressive, bro, just a little bit. Uh, And, again, it may be a switch that flips in some – not some league – the training camp preseason, or it may take him, you know, a couple months. Again, Zaire is – he's a perfect example for anybody we ever draft. Like, don't get too high, don't get too low coming into the season. So, um, again, the intangibles are there. Uh, The shot, I believe. Even the mechanics, like, looking at his footwork, like, when he gets the ball or even before he gets the ball, he's squared to the basket. So it's a little small stuff like that. I know he's going to be fine as long as he's not, you know, too much in his own head. So, um, let's give him time. Let's give him grace. Uh, I'm not going to rush too much to, you know, crucify the guy his first year, uh, here, but I'm looking more. So he's definitely a long-term play for me.
2: Yeah, Chris, uh, to build on that, I mean, I think his shot, like his shooting stroke looks good. Like It looks really smooth and clean. I loved it. I mean, that's one of the – he was before, the, you know, right after he got drafted, I started watching a bunch of film, on, like, you know, highlights. I was like, no, this guy can shoot. Um, and like you said, on those championship teams, you need guys who just come off the bench and, you know, dare I say, be like a Mike Miller, you know. I mean, a lot of people, you know, compared him to him when he got drafted because he obviously played for the Grizzlies, but – you need guys like that. I mean, we have Desmond that shoots threes, but he also he's starting to do a lot more stuff other than just shoot the ball. Um, but you always need guys like that. They come off the bench, shoot the ball well, um, have some confidence it goes back to confidence, have some confidence in your shot. So I think another part another part of it was when he would get the ball, I feel like he would pass it up a little bit too you know, too much. And I seen a lot on Twitter. Um, they were like uh Taylor Ding used to have that talk with him, shoot the ball like shoot the ball, which I think that'll, that'll help him out a little bit. I think maybe another thing that came to mind when he gets a you know, more, what's the word? I want to say better playmaker, but like playmakers like John Tyus got to get him more involved in the game. I think that might help him out a little bit too. Um, I'm not really too worried. I think he's still going to be fine. I'm not really too worried about him because the intangibles are there. You got good size on him. His shot looks good. Not really funky or weird. Like, God, Brandon Clark. Jesus, that's one of the worst shots I've ever seen in my life. Weird shot. Uh, really smooth shot. I think he will pan out. In my opinion, he will. Obviously, it didn't help a lot when he didn't he, – you know, he had that one good game to start the summer league and then didn't really do a whole lot more after that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really too worried about him. I think he'll be just fine, just like, you know, Nate said. But, yeah, I think it will be all right.
1: Yeah, I think that first game in Summer League helped because we got to see what he can do, right? And what he did in that first Summer League game, that's what he was brought in to do. But, you know, I've seen a lot of the stuff pass around on Twitter. I've stayed sort of quiet about it because I wanted to think about it, not overreact like I tend to do. I'm an emotional guy. But it's hard for me to see how you don't get a little bit nervous about Jake LaRavia after that because, listen, you want guys to be team players. You want guys to keep the ball moving, be facilitators. But Jake LaRavia was not brought in to not shoot. The guy was brought in to shoot. He was brought in to create for himself. He has a huge frame at 6'8". He's thick enough to be able to go out there and create his shot like Zaire was able to do, not to the extent Zaire is able to do, but at some point. And the fact that you have to push him to make him do that is worrisome. Now, same thing. I think he's going to find it. I think by the end of year one, he's going to find it. But it's understandable for Grizz fans to sit there and say, when is he going to find it, right? And it's never a guarantee. And so, yes, I think there's no reason to overreact at this point or very little reason to sit there and say, oh, I'm super worried about Jake Laravia. I'm like, it's not going to pan out. He's not who we thought he was going to be. But I also think that there's a reason to say, that that needs to change and I'm nervous until I see it right and he's got to shoot listen I'm all about being unselfish it's a part of this team if you're on the floor with John Morant you, you got to be unselfish because everyone else is on the court is not John Morant <laughs> and so that's pretty much speaks for itself but listen you got to not only take the open shot which he was far too willing to pass up you got to be willing to take the slightly contested shot and, and take it in a split second. And he's able to do it. We saw him do it. Right. And so um, I get the worries. I think that he's going to find it. I think it's all going to be for not by the end of the season. I also understand where it's coming from, but that's enough on Jake LaRavia. I think we're all on the same page with that. Moving on to the star of the summer, there will be maybe some disagreement here. Maybe not, but the one thing we can all agree on is that the fan favorite of Summer League and possibly the new fan favorite of Grizzlies fandom in general is one Kenneth Lofton Jr. Now, I had a guy text me. He's one of my buddies, big football guy, loves UAB, has its UAB basketball season ticket holder. Knows nothing about the NBA other than what I text him about the Grizzlies because I'm always trying to spread the gospel of Grizzlies basketball. But he texts me before the draft. He says, y'all should get Kenneth Lofton Jr. And I was like, who is Kenneth Lofton Jr.? I had no idea. And he tells me, this is light-skinned Zebo. You are going to love him, and he's going to be awesome. And I was like, all right, we'll see. I didn't look at a thing after that until I got a notification from Woj on Twitter. Maybe it was Shams. Shams, shout out to you. You Killed it that day. I'm proud of you, man. Kenneth Lofton Jr. has been signed by the Memphis Grizzlies. And I was like, all right, here we go. We'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun little thing for me and my friend. Little did I know that he was going to be hitting dream shake fadeaways in his first summer league game and taking it to the number two overall pick in the NBA draft. Listen, I could talk for days and days. I think we could all talk for days and days on this, but I've heard my own thoughts in my head plenty of times, so I'm going to hear from you guys. Ian, Kenneth Lofton Jr., Jr., bully ball Jr., just tell me. I want to hear the glory through your eyes, through your brain. What Describe it to me.
2: Man, your friend, uh, he was right. I mean – I'm not ever saying he's gonna be Zebo because there's only one Zebo. But there's one point in summer, I think the Grizzlies posted the video clip. He held out his hand like Zebo and said, throw it to the hand. I'm like, dude, that's Zach like that's Zach Randolph regen right there. He took like you said, he took it to Chet Holmgren. Now, I agree, he's got a, a really a real this is. He has a really high ceiling, you know. But from the looks of it, he don't like, you know, physical play down low yet. Because he got bullied by junior like absolutely he got it he got taken to school by by Kenneth Alton junior and just adding and him hitting 34 foot threes what is that that's something Zach Randolph never did he we were lucky to see him maybe hit two threes a year from well okay I'm, I'm not disrespecting Zebo Chris I promise you I love Zebo. he's one of my favorite all you know one of my all-time favorites but I'm just saying, like, like at a, at a clip, what Lofton did, that much. How about that? Like, like he he was hit. We uh, on a tangent here. He could be. He's on a two-way. He will be on a contract before, maybe before the season's over. I think at least by next summer. I, in my opinion, that's just me. You guys might have different, you know, different opinions, but. I, I'm enamored. I, I think the you know, NBA Twitter is also enamored by by Kenneth Lofton Jr. I mean, I think he's just amazing.
1: Well, let me tell you, I was there in person to see Kenneth Lofton Jr. going against Chet Holmgren, and it was it was something else. I mean, it wasn't just the bully ball. Which, listen, I think Chet's going to be an awesome NBA player. I don't see why, how anyone could think otherwise, unless he gets hurt. But he did not like the physicality that he was getting from Junior. And, I mean, it wasn't just a physicality. There was skill. He would back him down, tomato chest, tomato chest up and under for the reverse, right? It wasn't just tomato chest, tomato chest, throw it up, right? It's. I was super surprised. Before I even get any of that, Chris, I, I want to hear the glory through your eyes too before I get on my soapbox again.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, that's the thing about him. I, I heard some comparisons on Twitter like, uh, y'all gotta chill out, y'all gotta calm down. Ken, he's just like a, a taco fall, or he's like a bobo, it's a hype train type thing. The difference between Ken of Lofton and those two guys like the dude is skilled, like you said, he has basketball skill. And uh, I kind of peeped him, it was, I think he was a sophomore, I want to say it was last summer. I think I saw some highlights of him, and I was like, dude, this dude is huge. I ain't never seen a dude that big jump, like, he jumps. Like, it was just – it was crazy to me. Like, we all had this joke about Zebo. He couldn't jump over a phone book. But, like, now, Kim Lofton, he can jump over a phone book. He can probably – I would love to see what his vertical was in the combine. I mean, because he, he can jump. He can move for a big guy. But, you know, finding out that he had ball skills because he played point guard, I'm like, okay, all right, that makes sense. That's why he has the, the ball skills, the ball handling that he has. But then the footwork down low, that's just a whole nother beast. So, uh, like, Ian, I'm with you 100%. I say that, like, y'all can go ahead and convert his 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 two-way. Really, you can convert it right now if you want to because he showed me enough in college and in summer league to say, I know he's going to have a lot more successful career and he's going to be a lot more of an impact than, sorry, Santi Aldama, Killian Tilly. And when you talk about Tillman, again, you know, um, again, I love Tillman, but... Again, Lofton brings something different, and we need the different. We need shot creation. We need what he brings to the game. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. And he's just so crazy, man. It's like, you never, nothing's never new under the sun. The fact that we got, you know, a guy that's comparable to a Zach Randolph, but he's a little bit more skilled, a little bit more athletic. The fact that we got a guy that could be a Mike Miller 2.0. Like this stuff is just it's weird how it, it just comes back in a cycle for me. So and then the fact that those two guys are like always in Memphis, they always are trying to give back to the team, they're around the team. Like that's only gonna help both of those guys career, I think, down the road to have them as mentors. So um that dude got a chip on his shoulder. Y'all seen the tweet, he gonna make y'all pay. So just watch out for that, man. I'm excited, and I said it before, and I say it again. He is my second favorite grizzly behind Ja Morant right now, and I'm definitely getting a number six jersey. So Shout out to you, Junior. Keep doing your thing, bro. And Chris, one of the things you said that I think
1: is good to point out is that he has the athleticism that is there. He's still not going to be throwing down. He's not going to be an above the rim type player. But I think one thing that he and Zebo both had that was sort of sneaky because they didn't have the vertical athleticism, which you didn't notice was that they were quick. Like Zebo, you know, we talk about Zebo and his rebounds him getting up it was he put it up but he was also the second jump was crazy quick right which sort of gets underappreciated because he's such a bully but you have to be quick you can't just be strong to get those and that was something I saw from Lofton in summer league that was really surprised I mean it's going to serve him really well now that being said and keep in mind I was a person that saw him hit the step back logo three in Salt Lake City live which the crowd reacted exactly how you would think they reacted it was awesome Let's be clear that Kendall Lofton Jr. is not Zebo. Right. We don't have to worry about the Zebo disrespect on this podcast because he's not that yet. And he, I think, while I'm with you, Chris, and I could see him if they decide to move Jaron to the five, being a starting four, could easily see him being at least the backup four on this team. I think he's going to get run this year. I don't, I don't wanna say that he's not gonna get any kind of run or anything like that. I think he'll get minutes this year he's got some development to do. Now, some of that stuff is going to carry over. The pure skill, the touch, all that's going to carry over. But the one thing I saw in Salt Lake being able to see it live that I think got a little misrepresented because of how awesome he was with that skill set is he's not quick enough to keep up. Now, Chet didn't like the bullying he got from him, but Chet could have taken off the dribble every possession if he was willing to deal with the physicality. He just wasn't. And there's going to be guys like Carl Anthony Towns. And there's going to be guys like Joel Embiid. And when you're having to switch in today's modern NBA, this is a problem. You're going to have to be able to deal with these quick guys, and he could not keep up with them, right? And so offensively, yeah, he could give you some stuff. But is he going to give you enough to be able to make up for that kind of, that kind of shortcoming? <sighs> Probably not. So I, I mentioned this on the last podcast I was here on. He needs to shave a little bit of bad weight. He does not need to shave a lot of weight because if he loses what he has, which is that bully ball type of play, then it doesn't matter. It's all for naught. But if you can take a little bit of that bad weight, turn it into muscle, get a little bit quicker, a little bit lighter on your feet, all of a sudden you're NBA backup for six man type of guy. And I think he has that in him. Listen, I love it. I can't, I do not think he is going to be on that two way for long. They're going to sign him and lock him down. Um, that might be an overreaction to some. To me, it's not. Sometimes what you see is what's real, and with him, it was what's real. Uh, so I'm super excited about Junior. Fan favorite. He's one of my favorites. I I, I can't wait to see him in the Grizzlies uniform doing stuff in the regular season. I think we'll see it as soon as this year. But that is all we've got for the summer league reactions and the summer league players. Now, there is definitely some excitement around a few other guys. Um, Dakota Matthias, I love the shot it's never going to happen. Shaq Buchanan, wish him the best overseas, but that was never going to happen. Uh, Renato Sigu, that excites me. I don't ever see him being in the NBA if I'm being completely honest, but dude, I that's worth a South Haven ticket to see that guy go and just make dudes look like idiots. That dude's got ankle breaker on gold at least when he's going around those guys. So, Love it. Um, Love a lot of what we saw. Listen, we always wish these guys the best of luck, but for the most part, that's all we got for some of the reactions with these players. Grizzlies got some work to do. There's some things that need to be changed up. The offseason is still going on. There's still potential for trades, for some signings. I think the Grizzlies should make some of those. But listen, Zach Lyman won Executive of the Year for a reason. I don't have that job. I would screw it up if I did. We'll trust them as they go forward. And no matter what, the Grizzlies' future is bright. They might take a step back this year. I'm betting they don't when it's all said and done. But even if they do, they've set themselves up well for the future. got some exciting stuff. And speaking of exciting stuff, Grizz lead has some exciting stuff going on. We're going to start our deep dive series this Monday. Chris Ingram is going to be giving us the first of these deep dives. We won't reveal who he's going to be talking about, but going to be doing some deep dives on these players, really talking about What they did last season, what it's going to be looking like moving forward, Um, opportunities not only for them to improve, but step in with some of the things that are going to be changing around this team and um, try and build some excitement, because that's what this really should be. You know, as as much as we like to nitpick and say this and that, it's an exciting time to be a part of Grizz Nation. We've got an awesome young team. I'll say it now. I've said it before. I'll say it again until the day I die, the last fun team in basketball man is the greatest show on hardwood and we're lucky to be watching them. We're excited. We're going to share that excitement with you guys in these deep dives. We'll have podcasts coming out every Monday that are going to be coupled with some of these deep dives and at least until Daniel gets back and then takes the reins away and has to defend his transgressions against big body Roddy. But we'll have some of these coming out. Uh, We have some new team members coming on again. We're going to keep those little secret to us until they actually get here and get going, but excited to bring, some new guys on the team. It's growing. It's an exciting time for Grizz Lead, and we are glad to have you guys along with us for the ride. Again, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Nathan Qualls at Mem Grizz Homer. Got Chris Ingram at Crimman underscore. Got Ian Sparks at IC Sparks 22. Is that right? Man, something stick in here. I can't remember what I had for dinner, but that's in there somehow. I don't know. But hit us up on Twitter um, at Grizz underscore Lead at Grizz901podcast. There's a lot of different ways that you can bug us. Please do. Please hit up Chris about Santi Aldama and how he needs to show him love. Other than that, until Monday, enjoy your weekend, guys. Be nice. And as Daniel Greer would say, our beloved Daniel Greer, tell your friends.